This is great. How many guys were here last week? And how many were not? Okay, that sounds about right. So, that is the uh, joy. Can you turn this down just a little bit? Or the echo? It's just, anyway, feels weird. Um, so, is that Sean? Yeah, hey Sean. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> um, this, did you guys see the survey that went out? Okay, survey. How many have not taken it? Okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all right. You know, it's here for you, right? You know. <laughs> so, all right. So, of the guys that took it so far, um, right now we're tracking on about um, guys saying, "Yeah, we could be here every other week," and it's not because we can't be here. It's just there's stuff going on. So, you know, literally. Right now, what's happening last week, what's happening this week, next, we're just trying to craft this that's going to work well with your schedules. I got an email at 4 o'clock today. I asked, hey, is this project still happening? Because I haven't heard from you in a month. I thought I lost the deal. And they said, oh, yeah, it's still happening. When can you get to San Francisco? And it's like, you know, and that's kind of my life, you know. And so there's, and so having this thing set up, to where it, it's it, it basically it's ready when you guys can get here, and so from from the testimonies to the discussions to the interactions to the who the leaders are to where it's it's ready for when the guys come. So just like some of you guys wanted to be here last week, and this is your first shot to come in, and some of you guys are out next week. You know that is the that is the culture of this church. And we need to be wise and understand how that works. And to mandate that you got to be here every week and you got to sign a covenant of blood and whatever, that's good and noble, but it doesn't work for our schedule. Because you know what? Next week it's your daughter's basketball, you know, game and, and you got to be there. You got to be the dad and you should be. But yet when you're off and you need to come in, you know, this is the place. So if it's going to, we're taking 10 years, guys. We're taking the long road on this thing. And the purpose of the net is to create the environment for men to come in and slowly with time build relationships. This, all this is about is friendships. Probably the best response that I got, and I got a lot of response last week from all over the place. <laughs> and it was good and some of it, okay. But, um, the best response for me was a guy, Doug, are you here? Doug is not here. See, this is great. Doug sends me an email. Hey, after our time was over, Doug says, I met a guy. We connected. Clearly, we were supposed to get together. We set up a time to meet, and I lost his contact information. Would you mind if you sent it to me real quick? And you know what? They're connecting. If we never see those guys for six months, and they're off, because it's an older and a younger man, and they're engaging at a meaningful level, then the net has been successful. Do you guys get that? So the measure of success is not determined on how many guys show up. It's when they show up, we catch them, right? And then it's an environment, a safe place, which is rare these days among men, where guys can be caught, connected in a natural way. And for some guys, that may take a year. Some guys, it may take three weeks. Some guys are ready to go. And, and the next thing you know, you're off. Because the meaningful exchange that you need to have with another brother or a wise guy or a younger guy is not necessarily going to happen in this room. It's going to be offline. It's going to be somewhere on a cup of coffee, Cracker Barrel, somewhere else. Because just as you guys are picking up, we're sharing story. When you share story, it takes time. It takes time to unpack what story is about. And, and that is just part of this culture. And so because what happens as soon as I hear a little bit of Josh's story, it's like I'm sitting here going, Come on. I mean, I'm ready to hear more. I mean, I'm, I've known Josh for six months now and I could probably sit down and I am ready. I could probably sit down the rest of tonight and just listen to Josh's story because th there is something really cool happening there. And you know what's even cooler? The story is not done yet. And I want to listen with discerning ears that I can ask the question, what is the redemptive work that God is doing in this story. Not, is anybody arrived yet here? Are we done? No. 
Have we all got it figured out? No. And so to come in and say, yeah, we got all the answers and we got it figured out, that's crazy. So we're here just stepping in cadence alongside of one another. And, and yeah, there's going to be some weird things. I know I'm going to annoy some of you guys. That's fine. But maybe it's the guy next to you that something connects. So that's the net. Is that a good summary, right? <laughs> that's good. Tonight we're going to launch into our time. And just for just a quick agenda uh, for tonight, we're going to go till 8. And we're going to try to stay true to that. And then we're going to try to... Um, do a fire drill, which feels like a fire drill. We're going to kind of assimilate to some tables and do some mock, um, just, just so that we can see how this works. Topically, lead into some discussion, because you just got to see how the flow of this thing's going to work to give you guys some time to, to connect. So, uh, as I shared last week, for some of you guys who weren't here, every week, I mean every week, you're going to hear story. You're, it, call it testimony, call it, you're going to have an opportunity to hear from some men. And from that, I believe it's in that authenticity and transparency. It's going to set the tone for the room. And it's going to be for the guy who has maybe never been in a men's group. He's maybe never been a part of a church ever. Or he's been a part of something like this, but he got burned. Right? And that, you know, and it's in the authenticity that it just opens the guys, just a crack in the guy's heart to say, okay, I can relate with that guy. And that's why we tell story. The themes of those stories are going to intersect with the teaching. And then that's going to lead into what's happening around the discussions. I'm trying to train my vernacular. We have tables here, but I'm trying to get away from table discussions because some of these themes are big enough to say, we're going to have a group of dads over there talking about fathering teenagers. Well, that discussion may be 20 guys deep. And then we're going to be over here talking about another thing, and it may be four guys. And so sometimes the tables may be restrictive, so we're going to try to call them more discussion groups of what's going on. So, But that's the flow of the evening, week in and week out, of how we're going to do this. So tonight, I want to jump right into it, and we're going to start off with Dave Couch. And uh, tonight, come on up, Dave. Tonight is on creating a culture of mentoring and coaching, and we're going to be talking about the wise guys. Tonight is really more of the heart behind that. Next week, we're going to lead into some very practical how-tos. You know, what is it to be equipped? What's in your backpack? And how can you begin connecting in practical ways relationship? And Pastor Garvin's going to lead us in that time next week. And, and once again, as you hear uh, Pastor Garvin get real practical with us, you're also going to hear story that's going to weave into that as well. What is it to be equipped and what does that look like? So tonight is a little bit more heart and just maybe some barriers to some of this and just some suggestions and model some of this. And then next week's going to be more brass tacks. So is that good? Cool. Come on up, Dave, if you can. <laughs> Dave Couch. Guys, give him a round of applause. Thanks, guys. He said to keep it brief, so if I do notes, I'm brief. I'm kind of like Russell. I can get passionate and keep going. So, But I'm Dave Couch uh, in the Air Force, been almost 19 years. Uh, I'm now a recruiter here, so that's kind of what I do locally. So I'm paid to talk. So again, I can talk like Russell. Um, married, I got four kids. I should say remarried, so i kind of been through that as well. But uh, one of the things Russell asked me to talk about is why am I here? Um, kind of got here, it, uh, it's been a journey is kind of what it's been. I signed up for the father-daughter retreat and just wanted to have some time with me and my daughter and, and hopefully have a, a good experience up there. Uh, the good experience turned into amazing. Uh, it, it really bonded me and my daughter a lot more, but there was something else that happened at that retreat that I can't even describe. It was just amazingly powerful and I think it was the collective group that that happened with and I wanted that to continue and I, I just kept thinking man how do you keep this going and not just have a one weekend a year thing and then I see this email from Russell saying hey let's do these breakfast or lunches and we'll sit down and just kind of talk with each other 
all right, that sounds cool. You know, it's kind of the same group of guys. So I started doing the Thursday lunch uh, barbecue. Uh, I would say probably 10, 12 of us showed up to that. We all kind of got to know each other, kind of turned into a study. We started doing some themes, which was good because it got me into the Word a lot more than, than I've been in in a long, long time. And then it turned into more discussions, and then it turned into a book that we're all kind of reading, and we're kind of going through that journey together. And even at that time, it was, this. there's got to be another step to this. And uh, so we started talking about coaches, you know, try to pair up, find a coach, try to help you out. You know, maybe somebody that's been there, or maybe you're the one that's been there and you can help somebody else. So I remember I talked to Russell and I said, you know, I'm, I see emails, guys got coaches, but, but I don't. And uh, so I kept trying to look. And uh, I finally sat down and slowed down enough to realize that, you know, he's standing in front of me. Because on the first meeting that we had on the barbecue, we just kind of connected. And uh, we started talking and we started having lunches and things like that. And, um, you know, just publicly thanking my coach, which is Clint Scruggs. And uh, he took the time to to stop as soon as we got done with that barbecue to say, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool because we talked about that at one of the lunches with Pastor Brady and Pastor Garvin, that the, the power of an introduction, and, and that was so huge. And uh, so I've seen that firsthand very recently. And so I connected with that. But uh, I'm kind of a person that... Uh, I guess things that connect with me are, I'll call them nuggets. It's short, sweet, or if you guys are military guys, you've heard bullet statements. It's very short to the point. I, I resonate with that very well. So maybe something in a song or something in, in, uh, in scriptures or something like that will, will really just stick with me hard. And uh, one of the things that out of this whole deal that I've, I've kind of had this drive towards that's, that's passionate to me is uh, Ephesians 6.12, um, where it talks about, uh, it's not, well, I'll read it just so I don't misquote it. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Ephesians 6.12 is, for our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. For a long time, I've had that pressing feeling, but I've had no, no connection with a group to say, I know that what's going on is not between me, you, the guy next to you, or things going on. It's, it's darker and deeper and, and things that we can't physically see. And I also know that things don't happen when you're an individual. So when you're in a group and you can connect and you can, you can go through these things together, then that realm starts to be, you know, maybe to us it's friendships or a connection, but that connection is actually fighting on a different level. And uh, that really resonates with me. So to kind of take that, which is it's, it's kind of like Russell says, like a life scripture has kind of resonated with me. But when he sent out the email about the net, I remember I read that, you guys probably all got it, that very long email, this is what we want to do and who's in and, and who wants to do this. And I remember the only thing that came to mind was Isaiah 6, 8. And uh, I'll read that word for word just so I don't misquote it. But that's exactly how I replied to Russell. I just said, Russell, Isaiah 6, 8, Dave. That's it. Because I was like, there's nothing else to say to that. And uh, he replied back with the exact wording, which is, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. That's all that came to me whenever Russell said this is what we were going to do. And we were going to go get men and help connect and fight this battle and, and be together and help each other through life because life's not meant to be lived alone. So those are just kind of my little nuggets. That's kind of where I came from. And, and I mean, I'm evolving every day. And, and every day has just been amazing, especially in the last couple of weeks. Me and Russell have talked a lot about it, so he, he knows the background. But 
But uh, short, sweet, to the point here. I mean, that's that's kind of why I'm here. Uh, I'm here to see where this goes and and connect with you guys and and let's do this together. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Wasn't that good? You know, it almost sounds like that that he's got it all figured out. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just for me th- these stories are a celebration. And as, as we, you know, it is so rare, uh, that men walk with one another. Uh, it just is. And when you become just a witness to someone else's story, I mean, for me, this is just a big party, you know, uh, and it, it really is. When you, when you can see, uh, just where a guy was and where he is today, and, and it's just really an awesome thing. And, um, so tonight it's focuses on mentoring and coaching and what that looks like. And, um, the next guy I'd love to come share is just maybe from a younger guy's perspective of, uh, yeah, he's maybe looking for a guy, but what, what am I looking for? And if you could hear from Jordan, uh, just to be able to put some language on this for some of you guys, because, you know, some of this is new for you. There are some guys that have never had this. If, if we literally went around the room, um, and asked, have you ever discipled a guy or have you ever been discipled? I mean, the percentages are way down. So this is not about setting, uh, this is not a setup for shaming you or that, you know, it's just, we are starting wherever, wherever we're at it on this journey as a church, as a body of men, we're just starting here and we're taking the step forward. So that whether it's next year or five years or ten now, that when people look all over this church throughout, there'll be a group of men that follow Christ, and we do it together. And that's what we're after here. But we've got to start where we are. So uh, for some of you guys, this is old hat, and this is something that represents decades of your life. For some of you guys, this you don't even have a category for it. So I'm glad you're here. Jordan, come on up, buddy. I love Jordan, and I could... Come on, Jordan. <laughs> I just love this guy. Well, I just want to say hello. Uh, my name's Jordan Empey, and it must have been about a month ago, I went home to Tahoe to go skiing, and there was actually less snow there than here, so I didn't go any skiing. But actually, Russell, uh, I've known him for a couple of years, and he was on the same flight back with me. Um, from Reno back here. So, you know, obviously with this going on, he started asking me questions about, you know, what did I think about this? And what do you think about this? And um, I guess one of his big questions is like, why would you attend a men's group? Uh, So I kind of, you know, I can talk forever like he knows. So Um, I think where I'm at in life with just, you know, being almost 30 and having a nine month old baby boy and full swing into my career, like time is a precious commodity. So I was just telling him, I really don't need, like, buddies anymore. Like, I've gone to some of these groups and just had friends, and I can find friends anywhere. I have plenty of friends, and um, that's a great plus to develop those ah, relationships. But uh, the real thing I told him was just uh, something intentional where I think I've learned in a little bit of wisdom, like, people my age around me don't always have the best advice because they're going through the same things that I'm going through. So just something more like, I don't want to use the word mentor, but something where you develop a relationship with somebody that, um, you can go do for guidance or just questions or just, I mean, I used to just throw questions at Russell's and just things, you know, from the Bible, just things that didn't make sense, but just someone to bounce off of. So um, something just real intentional that was more focused in uh, gaining wisdom for someone who's already been through those experiences. So that was really my main point in asking when he asked me the question was just really looking for something that's, uh, I guess another thing we talked about is, you know, seems like I, I went to a Christian school that, uh, you know, some people just found mentors. Like it was a magical thing that dropped from a tree or something. And I don't know where the rest of us fit in. But uh, it's not that we're really looking for someone that has all the answers. It's just more someone just to really just walk through you with it. And, you know, that's been through a few things. So, yeah, keep it short. Thanks, buddy. I love Jordan because he is... He is, first of all, he's brilliant. He's a CPA, and uh, the guy has a great ability to ask questions. So 
I love hanging out with Jordan, and he's got just a heart that that's that big. So um, he's just a guy that I love walking with. And isn't that cool how I go on a business trip to Sacramento, and oh, let me back up with that. I see his family at Park Meadows Mall at the food court, and then his family's there. We meet, reconnect, and then I'm in Sacramento on a business trip, and his parents are like, you got to come to Tahoe. So go out to Tahoe. Didn't even plan this, and we're on the same flight back home. Huh. So, you know, I, that's the connect, right? The Lord, and I, and I think that speaks to, just for some of you guys, you, you put that out there almost as a prayer, and the Lord will meet you there. He will. He absolutely will. And it, the, you know, let's, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, this, this is not, this is not going to turn into an e-harmony service for mentoring and men, okay? I just, I mean, I'm going to end that, all right? And we're not going to line up. You know, this side of the room and that side. We're not doing a high school dance. You know, pick a guy, you know. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know, right? We're not doing a, we're not doing so much of a, a list in a traditional sense of just, just matching guys up. That's just not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. The, the idea just to go right, cut to the chase with the wise guys thing. Who is a wise guy? Right? Who's a wise guy? Well, yeah, we need to, probably define that as a group. And I'll just tell you, that is probably one of my biggest prayer points. I spent some time with my father-in-law and with Garvin and other guys. I am asking that big, hairy, audacious question right now because what I want, what I hope is that one day, a year or two or three from now, that when this church says, wise guy, that everybody in this church bodily, regardless of whether they come to the net or not, knows what a wise guy is. And the best that I can come up with so far is it's somewhere between way over here that just says, hey, I'm available. It's a way over here that there's a list, a nice long list of qualifications for elder, right? And everyone goes, are you kidding me? And it's somewhere in between here, right? But the goal or hope one day is that we would all be able to say, this is what a wise guy is. And Jordan, Lins- Jordan Linscombe, but Jordan Empey, who you just heard from, that's a wise guy. He has walked a very significant road in the last few years, and God has taught him a tremendous amount of things. And that man has experienced a lot of pain, and the Lord has met him in his pain, and that man has a redemptive story. And how old are you, Jordan? 29, and that man is a wise guy. And when he interacts with a guy who's 24 and just gets married, Jordan has a lot to offer. Not that he's the answer man, but he knows how to ask the right questions of the young man. And if Jordan can be a wise guy, what about you? Amen. Let's go. No, I'm just, <laughs> I get excited about this. The next guy I want to share with, uh, have you sh- just hear from tonight, uh, Tommy. He's just a super good friend of mine. And, uh, we, uh, we just get to share a lot of life together. We kind of tolerate each other, but our wives seem to really like each other and our girls just perfectly line up. I mean, there's a photo album of my two, my, you know, his daughter and my daughter and they're just, you know, it's just the gift of friendship. So Tommy and I just get to enjoy our families enjoying one another. But Tommy uh, runs a ministry, uh, a, a business, if you will, but it really is a ministry. It's an outfitter that really, frankly, he won't say this, but it's the largest backpacking outfitter, outfitter in all of Colorado. They run a, anywhere from 1,100 to 1,600 kids, teenagers, through their program every summer. And he's got 20 years of training up the staff, um, and those staff and his philosophy on staff is just brilliant. Is that it's, it's that it takes, you know, the most perfect team is made up of the most imperfect people. And it's from the imperfections that God uses it to make the most perfect team to be able to minister to the kids that are coming in. And Tommy really sets the culture with that. And I don't really know of another man that really has had more time with younger people than Tommy. And he's just going to share some things just that maybe help in terms of some suggestions and idea, just in terms of story, a little bit on what that has looked like for him. So, Tommy. 
Yeah, I'm Tommy Query, and my wife Christy. We have two little girls. Little, they're getting they're getting big quick. Uh, one's a freshman in high school, and one is in eighth grade. Uh, but we've been very blessed uh, in the ministry that we've been involved in, and it just as as Russell and I were talking about mentoring uh, in my life, it seems like um, that wasn't something I really chose to do. Uh, God sought me out in that. Um, and for a long time, I continued to say, it's not me, it's someone else. It's someone older, it's someone wiser, uh, it's someone that has a better story. I always was looking for that excuse for it not to be me. Uh, and uh, this last couple of years has really just brought home to me how God uh, really brought this into our life. My wife and I had been talking about uh, getting involved with the, the cadets and adopting a cadet and all that. And just kind of surfacely talked about it. We really hadn't pushed that at all. It's just something we kind of talked about. And uh, we were eating at the Juniper Valley. I don't know if you guys know where that is. I mean, you have to really make a point to go eat there. Uh, and so we're eating there, and we're sitting by this uh, family with the son, and they're talking about the Air Force. And we're like, oh, we live pretty close to the Air Force Academy. And, and then we hear the story that he's just been accepted. He's going to go to the Air Force Academy, uh, and my wife mentions, well, we've been considering adopting a cadet, and he's like, well, I'm very adoptable, you know, and, <laughs> and so we meet him down here in Penrose, Colorado, and so the process rolls, and we adopt this, this young man who came into our home and really, unlike a lot of cadets, I think, spent a lot of time with us, uh, and we were very blessed with that. And then uh, this this year, he ended up getting kicked out of the of the Air Force, uh, and the kid is was number two in his class. And I mean, academically, it was all there. Uh, and we look back at that, and we see that the Lord placed us in that position to be there for this young man at this time. Uh, <clears throat> In my opinion, the, the kid would seem to have a, a pretty good family life, um, but he really doesn't want to be around his mom and dad. And so at, the, at this crucial time in his life, God placed us there to, to be there for him. Uh, and I could see where a lot of cadets would have gone totally away from God through all this. And Brandon did everything but that he just continued to grow in his faith through Christ. Uh, and whatever God's answer was, that's what he was going to accept, and he was going to move on. Uh, Brandon's been staying with us since he, he got kicked out, and his ambition is he's going to, to MIT. Uh, so th this, is, this is something that he, he will accomplish. I mean, but I just, I just feel honored and blessed that God placed us in that in that young man's life. And I remember times in my life when I chose not to, to be that person. Um, I just got a call from one of my staff guys um, yesterday. And this is one of those young men that, that looks to me for direction and, and for wisdom and for advice. That's not something I wanted, uh, but it's something that God placed on me. And I just want to encourage you guys, all you guys have to, to share is your story. Your heaven or hell, whatever it's been up to this point, the hell that you went through and overcame that, that hell can change one young man's life, one older man's life, who's lived with that same thing their entire life and never shared that. And that's what, that's what this is all about, is, is finding that person that relationship, it's not going to happen in just a handshake. you got to have time with them to grow and love them as a brother or sister in Christ. And that's where that mentoring relationship begins. And all of us need that. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you guys as, as we move forward to be willing to share your story. Before you can expect anyone to share with you, you've got to be willing to share what you've been through. And that's, that's really what I believe that God is calling us to do here at New Life. And if we do that as the men, our young men are starving for that. They are not getting it at home. I don't know why, and I think parents are trying. 
I think young men just need more. And we do not want to be losing them to the world. And it is our responsibility as men to bring those young men up and wanting this desire that we're trying to create here in their life. So, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Tommy. Um, uh, segue. The, uh, what I love about this is that um, when, when you think about the word discipleship, it almost conjures up, you know, almost like you've got to go get a degree <laughs> in terms of all these hoops that you have to walk through. Versus, you know, that, that may be a stereotype that you have of what it is to walk through that. But then you come over here and just simply looking at the life of Jesus. And, and what do we see Jesus doing? He's just walking with his men, right? Uh, how many times do we see Jesus rushed? Right? <laughs> I can't think of any time. I mean, even with the story of Lazarus, and that's a little different context. But he's modeling something even in that context, where we're just, are we in a rush? Are we, men, are we in a rush for relationships? And just, let's just end this tonight for some of you guys, whatever your expectations for fast food, brotherhood, you know, for instant coaching and mentoring, it, it's just, that's going to be artificial. And what that sounds like is program. And that's not what this is about, is that we're, we're setting the environment that we're going to pace ourselves to walk, given all of you men in the level of responsibilities. This is the crew meeting. You guys are the leaders, whether you know it or not, by the way. You guys are the leaders. And, and where this is really starting is that there is a host of folks out there within new life that are living life completely alone. They are. And we're going to go get them. We're going to go get him. And it starts by just simply being a friend, like Tommy said, that it goes beyond just shaking a hand. And it's the, the entry level, which maybe is maybe the most dangerous question. How you doing? I'm fine. You know what that stands for, right? Anybody seen an Italian job? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> right. No, how are you really doing? And then it opens up. What's going on today? If you were to sit here and some guys actually sit and really ask me what's going on, for whatever reason, yesterday, yesterday was crazy for me. Yesterday was crazy. How many of you guys were doing interviews yesterday? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, six guys. Yesterday was crazy. We had 14 men in the net sharing their stories for a half an hour on video. We have 14 men that their stories are captured in half-hour blocks so that you men can hear a little soundbite of what's going on, a teaser, if you will, that opens up and says, hey, Jeff, I want to hear more about that. Because you see him, share a little bit, and it opens the door for a relationship so that you guys go have coffee with one another. Well, in the midst of that, my dog's gone. My puppy, my three-and-a-half-year-old puppy. To make matters worse, my six-year-old dog's tail between his legs moping, and I'm literally up and down my creek yesterday in between interviews looking for my dog because the coyotes probably killed him. How you doing, Russell? I'm fine. Yeah. I'm great. Don't go there. It's my dog. You know, and... But when you allow men into care for you, I mean, really, who in your life really cares for you? Fred cares for me because he's down there in the creek looking for my dog with his kid because he's my neighbor. Right, Fred? He cares for me. I know that. Another guy says, hey, can I do the neighborhood, you know, look for him? You know, that. who in your life really cares beyond just fine? I'm doing fine. How you doing? So... Let it start there. What's your story? I mean, what's really your story? What's happening? What's going on? And let's start there. And then we move into 
levels of intensity. Last week, we kind of set the tone for the, the different places that men are coming. We put up on the PowerPoint three circles, if you will. And one is a circle, and we're looking at the life of Jesus and how he cared for his men. One of those circles, Jesus just simply cared for his men, right? He cared for his men. And that is modeled best of all when he went to his disciples and said, hey, come follow me. It was personal. He didn't send his disciples an email, right? He didn't post a shingle, a billboard, and says, y'all come. No, you, come follow me. It starts with it being personal. And then from there, what that care represents is it really represents some of you men and a whole lot of other men at New Life that are discouraged. They've, or better said, they've lost courage. And you know, men, just if you put on my little lens, my sunglasses, this is maybe just the mantle that God has given me, walk through the church Sunday and just pause for a moment. Look around in the eyes of the men at New Life Church. Look in their eyes. You'll see what I'm talking about. Take it off of yourself, whatever's going on, the bill that didn't get paid, or whatever's going on in your world, just look in the eyes of the men at New Life. Men are discouraged. We need to care for them. And then what happens is they get courage built back up and then Men are ready to go. They're suddenly aware that says, hey, I, I've got a part to play. I've got a marriage. I've, I want to father my kids. I want, you know, I need to have, I need to step it up a little bit and work. As they get more encouraged, they realize they come kind of to the end of themselves that they need to be equipped. They need to be a developed. And that's really also what we're trying to cater to the net. And I said some of this last week, but some of you guys weren't here. So men were moving from care to develop. And then you'll realize every one of you men are leaders here in this room. God has given you influence beyond what you even realize. And we want, this is the environment. This is the training ground for men to give opportunities for leadership, opportunities to expand your influence in a safe place so that when you're released, you're ready. So we're caring, we're developing, we're leading together. And that's what this is about. How we get there, it is through this environment. But at least for me and in my story, it's been the most effective way ever that's been done is not in a classroom setting. It's not through a fill-in-the-blank book that says, Russell, you're going to be a leader because you went through this thing and I got a certificate. It's not through that. It's through life-on-life exchange. Let me just call that discipleship. Some of you men are here tonight, and you've never had that. I don't know when. I don't know how. It's not going to be prescriptive for you, but that's going to change. And if you can even imagine with me that as you begin walking with another man, and as you become discipled, you will get so filled up with the life of Christ in your life, you won't be able to help yourself. You cannot impart what you don't possess. And when you begin possessing the life of Christ, filled with courage, filled with love, filled with hope, the fruits of the Spirit, if you will, you cannot help but give that away. And when you hear a story about a guy who's looking just to talk with somebody, hey, I'll sit down and talk with you. You know why? Because you've had a man do the same for you. That's what we're doing here at the net. A good friend of mine that has been one of those guys for me, who's invested into me, who's imparted courage into me, who's maybe exhorted me borderline too much. No, just kidding. Um, just been that kind of wise guy in my life. Um, He's going to share a little bit tonight just specifically on what are the barriers that keep us from doing that? What are the things that are keeping us, you know, from investing into the next guy? And he's going to speak on that. Just so you, just a snapshot of where we're going for those who weren't here last week. Um, we're going to go all the way up until the summertime. And then we're going to stop, we're going to catch our breath, 
and we're going to recalibrate over the summer. We're absolutely going to tweak some things because some things we might hit it out of the park. Some things are going to be a bust. And so in the fall, we're going to recalibrate, refocus, and do some things. So this is a learning time for us on how to do some things. But over the next few months, uh, our teaching time is really going to be character-focused. Character in terms of a character from Scripture, and then a characteristic of that man in the Scriptures. And from that, that's going to tie into a theme from the testimony, and then that'll kind of set the tone for some of the specific topics of the discussions, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'll share most of the time, unless somebody kicks me out, might happen. Um, but then we're going to have several guys who are going to share. This is one of them, uh, Chris Dornboss. He's going to come back and he's going to share another time. Another man who's going to share is Colonel Ted. He's not here tonight. Uh, he's got quite a few things to say, particularly on, on training, uh, training men. And, um, and then another guy, Paul Stanley, he's spent a long time at 70 years old on leadership and he's going to share a little bit as well. So, just that gives you a tone for where we're going, um, just how we kind of weave it in and out. Um, as I said last week, this is not going to be the Russell show. If we really do this right, I'll work myself out of a job and hopefully some other men more qualified and better will step up and that my wife will be fine with that. So, <laughs> so Chris, come on up, share with us for a few minutes and then uh, I'll wrap up and then we'll break up into our discussion groups. Chris Dornboss. Well, Russell asked me just to speak a little bit on barriers. Um, I think we're all here. Uh, some of you I know, most of you I probably don't know, and you don't know me. Um, but I came to Colorado about six years ago. And um, one of the reasons I landed at New Life Church is because it's a big church. I wondered if I'd get lost in all of it. Uh, but somebody said, you know, there's enough guys here where if you can connect right, you never have to fail at anything. That sounded good to me. Um, so that and other reasons drove me here. But ultimately, you know, Proverbs talks about calling out for wisdom, insight, and understanding. It says if you call out, um, then wisdom will protect you. Um, the counsel of many um, plans succeed. You know, I read a book not long ago um, called The Paradox of Choice. Basically, it was a bunch of... Uh, PhDs talking about why there's such a rash of depression and suicide among young men and women ages 16 to 25. They're trying to make too many choices. Who do I marry? Who do I date? What car do I drive? What job do I have? Where do I go to school? There's a lot of pressures on young people these days, and they're real. And it's excruciating to some. Um, I've worked in my career with a lot of psychologists because I'm a publisher. And most of the psychologists I talk to in the Christian realm will tell you, you know, if the rest of us just sit in the pews would do our job, they wouldn't have one. But most of us are just too busy. I think I know a thing or two about busy. Um, I'm leaving for London, Uganda, and Kenya tomorrow morning. I still have a bag to pack. And I had an all-day, full day. So I know something about busy. How many of you make time for things that you never really take the time to do? I do it all the time. <laughs> I guess all I'm saying is there will always be barriers. The question is, is it a priority for you? If God's called us to love one another, and by that, he'll know we're his disciples. What do we do? One of my favorite movies is The Untouchables. You know, Elliot Ness uh, and Sean Connery played the Chicago cop. And uh, um, Elliot Ness was the guy that was supposed to get Al Capone, but he was going to do it by the book. And Sean Connery always asked the question that still rings in my ears, what are you prepared to do? And I think if you can be prepared to make this a priority, the barriers naturally fall away. If you don't, they'll never fall away. But I commend you for being here, because it says you have an interest. 
uh, and there are people who need your help. I have a 24-year-old son who, while I was out of town last week, going through Love Dare, fireproof, decides he's going to break up with his girlfriend of two years, and he needs a wise guy, one beside his dad. I can help him, and we have great conversations, but he's really not connected well enough to other wise guys. He needs somebody, and he needs somebody now. I leave for Africa tomorrow. <laughs> so it would be great if part of what we do in this church when we talk about worship, connect, and serve is really get people connected to the right people so they can relate, develop, and lead. And if that's what this group of guys can grow into, all the better for the church. Thanks. Kind of funny, all these guys could probably share for quite some time. So let me close with this, um, just a little bit of a story, and I share this uh, often on the fathering retreats. Um, for the last 16, 15, 16 years, um, so it was funny because I just opened, um, Sunday was our 18th anniversary. And uh, Sunday is a little bit of a discipline, but I don't even think about it as a discipline. Sunday is Sabbath, and the way I practice Sabbath is I don't necessarily journal in terms of overthinking stuff. It's just my celebration. What has God done? And often I'll find myself upstairs pulling out a photo album that my wife has done. And it literally just opens everything up for me. And when I'm, and it just puts me in a context of what God has done for, you know, in, with my family, with me. And Sunday was one of those days. It was our 18th anniversary and I flipped open the photo album, and I was going through when my girls were young, and then all of a sudden I see our first father-son retreat um, 16 years ago. <laughs> it's amazing. And we've taken a couple years off, but, uh, you know, that's just been an overflow of a passion of mine. And I say often, you'll hear me say often, that, you know, I can spend a few minutes with a guy, and it's not to be a trick or a manipulative but I can spend a few minutes with a guy, and when I see a guy that's just fired up, you don't have to scratch too hard to see his passion is tied deeply to his pain. And what I'm looking for and praying through is what is the redemptive story? Where is he in that? Where is God in that story from pain to absolute passion? Because that's God's heart is to bring redemption in that story because it is for that guy's life, but it's going to be for a host of others who hear that story. And I think you've picked up on some of that. Well, I'm no different. I often say, and I haven't really settled this biblically speaking or even theologically, but just from observation of my life, I draw a conclusion that God anoints uh, disappointment. And um, I've got a lot of disappointment with my dad. My dad made a lot of mistakes. And, um, and I know I'm talking to an audience here tonight that didn't even have a dad around. I'm aware of that. But my mom and dad divorced when I was three. And uh, he took a hiatus for a few years. And my mom married another guy. We uh, jokingly but not so jokingly call him the butcher because he literally worked for a butcher shop but he literally I can say this because we're not on mic but he literally beat the shit out of my mom every night and I watched that as a kid that's my story guys came home from my grandmother's house one day and the literally the front door was broke in because the second degree black belt could had some skills with knocking in doors and knocking in my mom and where was my dad gone. When I was 13, 14, I went up to my aunt, my aunt's camp, my dad's sister, up in Montana. You guys have seen Dances with Wolves? Dances with Wolves. Two hours from where that was filmed was the camp where my uh, aunt and uncle's ranch was. 70,000 acres, 
Custard National Forest, a 1,600-acre camp right in the middle of that, and that's where I spent my summers in high school. A lot of stuff happened there. Um, and one of which was I got to get a picture of my dad, God's gift to me that I never could see because I saw my dad for the first time through the eyes of his sister. And God did something. And what transpired over that summer, because my dad had an inability to offer love in, in the way that I could receive it. And some of you guys know what I'm talking about. And I called my dad Collect back then. And I said, Dad, <clears throat> will you accept this call? <laughs> I said, Dad, you know, every year, every, I mean, all since I can remember, 14 years, every time I have a birthday, you know, you always give me, you know, gifts. That's the way you, you know. So this year, instead of gifts, can we go camping? Some of you guys have heard the story, so it's fine. Can we go camping? So I get back home from Montana and get together with Dad, and, and we're going to go camping. Well, I mean, I'm a Boy Scout. I've been sleeping out under the stars with a horse and a campfire. I mean, and he shows up in a 40-foot RV. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, that night, everything changed for me. I stayed up till 3 in the morning. That night, I'll never forget, it was 14. And by some audacity, I was so primed, maybe because of spending time with my aunt, I began asking my dad questions. Why do you struggle with alcohol so much? Why do you keep a copy of Penthouse in your briefcase? I'm 14, I can get away with this. Why'd you divorce mom? Where were you? And you know what? He sat there and took it. And he answered. Something happened that night. It started a relationship with my dad that goes all the way to today when I talk to him. That we have a friendship. But also what happened that day is that I realized that my dad didn't have it all together. And something almost like a homing beacon was dropped inside my spirit that I knew for me to survive and to be the man of God that I committed to be up on the mountain in Montana, I was going to need some men in my life. Now, that only comes from God. I didn't see it. I didn't have it modeled. The preacher, I at least wasn't hearing about it from the preacher I knew I needed some men in my life, and I began asking God for them. And I am probably one of the richest men sitting here tonight because I have a lineup of men all the way from 14 to today that have marked me. And I am shaped by those guys. And I could literally line them up from here to there. And some of you guys are here tonight. Right, Papa? He smiles. That's my father-in-law. I think we've logged about, what, 100 hours in those chairs at It's a Grind? Something like that. No, I better not get started because he's a grandfather. He tears up easy. <laughs> my pain has become my passion. You're going to hear some themes that come out of me. And it's on being salt and light in the marketplace. 15-year-long business guy. Owning a business. And that's where I swing my sword. I love being in the marketplace. Absolutely do. I have a thing for uh, dads. It's my heart. You'll hear it every time we get together. I love being a dad, and I love seeing dads connect with their kids. And I have a thing for mentoring, coaching, call it spiritual fathering. That's my thing. And it comes out of my story. Some of you guys have similar stories. Some of you guys have some other passions that I need to grow in, and I'm excited for you guys to share. So let me lean into um, the topics. The topics for the discussions, shared this a little bit last week, the topics are purposeful. They are certainly not exhaustive. Um, and if we could get to that screen, um, the topics are meant, those topics up there are purposeful to help assimilate men who don't assimilate real well. If you imagine the guy who's just coming in here, just on a, on a whisper and a prayer of hoping to meet a guy, 
or he's here because his wife told him, you better, and he comes in that door, where is he going to land when he comes in in two weeks? Pastor Brady's getting ready to cast the vision for the net, and there's going to be a lot of guys coming in here. And I promise you men, you men, if we don't touch these guys with a, hey, how you doing? Glad you're here. We're going to lose these guys because it's another men's program gone bad. So this is a way to assimilate these guys. And when they come in the door, hey, I'm struggling in my marriage. I need to just talk with somebody about that. Maybe I can talk with a few men. My teenage daughter just ran off again, and I don't know what to do. Or I just became a dad. Um, I just started a business, and I, I need some men to help just talk with me about that. Um, haven't got a clue what I'm called to do, but I know I'm supposed to do something. God's put something in me, but I don't know what it is. What is it to be called into something? And then there's some of these guys... Legacy, what does that look like? What does it look like to finish well? Pastor Garvin's got a lot to say about that, and he's going to hit on that next week. Some of these are pretty self-explanatory. Discipleship, if you're somewhere new in your faith, just it's some basic stuff. I mean, basics in terms of just even and, and come to the table. If you literally have never even opened your Bible or memorized a verse before, literally there is, there is literally men here that are not here tonight that I can say this, that just even recently have broke down crime because they don't even know how to have a devotional, and he's 52. That's discipleship. What does it look like to even have a conversation with God? Manhood, let's just call that identity. When did you become a man? It's my favorite all-time question in the men's ministry. Anybody got a good answer for that? When did you become a man? I love it. Guys come unglued with that one. Manhood, marriage, fathering, brotherhood is the, is, uh, Garvin and I were talking about this this week. I'd like to put brotherhood under the banner of two things. If you've got a story and it's forming and you, you would like to just have a place to talk and share and listen, how do you best tell your story? So I'm going to call it the two T's for some of you guys that like to just remember things. Brotherhood, I'm going to call it uh, testimony and then, um, teaching. If the, if, if you're not landing on one of these topics and you'd like to just come to a table to just have the environment to respond to the testimony and the teaching of what's been talked about that evening, that's the environment under the banner of brotherhood. Does that make sense? Because brotherhood is basically a guy walking in here who sees that and says, you know what? I don't think I have a single friend. Where do I go? It's the environment under that, but what we're going to be, what that place is. So if there's guys in this room that just want to respond to maybe the testimonies that were shared or the teaching, that's the table to go to for that. So um, work, calling, a legacy, we focused on that. Men, literally, you men, I need you men, if you have something pricking in your heart, to just pick up one of those topics you can even take it on for a month and then maybe move into something else. I need you men to step up. Now's the time. Now's the ask. Look at these topics. There are many in this room that literally could talk about all eight of those things. And I've asked this before and just asked it again. Pause for a moment. What is maybe the one topic that you can kind of land on? And I'll put it this way. Back to that pain, passion thing. Look into your story. What has God done in your life? What is the redemptive story in one of those areas where that maybe is the form for you to share some of that stuff or at least understand how to ask the questions? So tie that to story. Another way to put it is, what is the question you're asking of the Lord right now? What is the question that you're asking who learns the best in this? It's the it's the teacher, right? I'm the one that's going to get the most out of this thing, right? Probably, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> it's the student and the teacher who will get the most out of it. If you are asking the big questions on one of those, you're probably the most qualified to facilitate a discussion 
on one of those ideas because it's near and dear to your heart. So that that's a different way to approach this in terms of just leading it. You do not have to have the answers to lead a discussion. Next slide, please. Uh, like we talked about last week, the topics, the purpose of the topics are a way to assimilate men to the table. But then like under these two examples, the, we literally could have five or six tables for fathering under that where guys can come in that I don't need to be sitting at a table with guys with teenagers. I just had a nine-month-old kid. <laughs> I need to be talking about, you know, uh, how do we get through the night? Because I'm not sleeping real well these days. We've been there, right? Same thing with work. You know, it's that there's, there's a huge epidemic going on right now of men that are unemployed or underemployed. And the issues going on with that, just the depression alone that's rampant among men because they've lost their jobs, therefore their identity, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There are some men that that's part of your story that you can help encourage some guys in a discussion. And there is a huge group of men out there. And that's under the work category. Does that make sense? So where I'd like to stay true to is the eight topics where you have liberty to come and say, hey, what about this idea, Russell? Be bold with that, guys. Come just approach us on whatever that topic is. So Fred last week fired off an email. Hey, I don't see that up there. There's probably a group of lawyers and doctors and professionals. Bingo. Fred can take that and lead a discussion for professionals. So be creative, guys, under the banners that we're doing. The other reason why we're trying to stay true to those eight topics is we want to stay consistent for themes throughout everything related to men at New Life. In a few weeks at the guys' morning out, the breakout discussions are all going to be those topics. When you go to the website and you click on men, you're going to see entry points under those topics. When you click on testimonies, the themes of those testimonies are going to be tied to those topics. We want to make it easy for guys to assimilate into just where their point of need is. So that's good. Um, Next slide, please. Okay, so the format for the discussions is to the theme of what the net is, is that, and it's really the goal as well as the theme. If I can be so bold as to say we have a goal for the net, is that every man, including tonight, by the way, would literally walk out of here more encouraged when they came in and more equipped. Just for simple language for the guys that think like I do and my son does, it's the heart, right? You come out that you are more filled with courage at a heart level, and that's that's the encouragement part. But men need to have something to do with their hands. We can inspire guys to the hilt, but if they walk out and they have nothing to do, we kind of lose them because they're just like this. It's all weird. Well, what'd you talk about? Well, I, you know. So that's we're trying to keep this practical as well. And the equipping part is for a guy that if you know that you're going to lead a discussion, that you come not with a lecture, not with a four-point sermon. not It's just a word of equipping that guys can put their hands on. You know, when I first got married, I never did this, but one guy encouraged me to pray with my wife. I know it's crazy, but, you know, we actually pray when we go to bed at night, you know, and this is how we do it. We actually started by going to sleep together at the same time. Can you imagine? And so it just became a routine. What would it look like for you to pray with your wife? And that's where the response comes in. Where you facilitate a discussion about what would it look like for you to actually pray with your wife? Is that even possible? Where you literally are coming down, where you come to the table with one idea, what does it look like for you to go on a date with your wife? Well, you have a meal, but what do you talk about? What does it look like? Just, you see where I'm going with this? Where it's just, you're basically, it's a word of encouragement. And it's, it's something specific that a guy can take his hand. And how does that assimilate into his life? And you guys facilitate a discussion. So there you go. Word of response. And that's, that's where it's not lecture, it's listen. Right, guys? Okay. So I just chewed up 13 minutes. Okay. Nice. Next slide, please. 
for tonight, as we just wrap up this evening, um, just if you guys can humor me, um, I would like to just have you guys, um, this is the format, if, if you can look at the tables around here. We're starting with discipleship over here. Just humor me, okay? My son had a fire drill. Everybody stood up. You know, this is what I'm looking for, okay? Um, the survey, really, please, take the survey. Push through it. You know, I wish we could have a conversation. Do the survey. That helps us get there. But for tonight, I just want to get a visual on where this is going. So you, if, if you guys generally can land on one of these topics where you want to go, go ahead and do that now, guys. Pick your topic, find the general area, and I need everybody to move. Okay, when you get to your table, go ahead, next slide. I, I would like you to maybe grab one question from tonight and actually have a conversation. Meet, introduce yourself. And these are the questions that relate tonight. We'll leave these questions up. Can you flash back to that other screen with the tables, please? There you go. And you guys go ahead and grab a seat so you don't look all awkward. We're just going to take the last 15 minutes and we're going to focus on these questions and um, just kind of get into it. What do you think? What, what, how do you respond to some of the testimony and the teaching tonight? And then I'll close in 15, 20 minutes.